Grace and mercy and peace to you this morning from God our Father and from Jesus Christ our King. What is truth? I've always wondered what the tone of Pilate's voice when he said those words. Because tone matters so much. That, 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 that three-word question has always captivated people's minds ever since that day when, when Jesus was before Pilate. So here's the way one artist pictured it. This was a Russian painter back in the 1800s. Pilate's on the left, Jesus is there in the shadows. I don't know if it was just the two of them. I'm assuming there was some kind of bodyguard there guarding Pilate, but maybe it was just the two of them. It was the day when Jesus was about to die on the cross. After an all-night trial that was illegal, he was brought before Pilate. Pilate says, what's the charge against this man? And the Jewish leaders say, well, if there wasn't a charge, we wouldn't have brought him to you. And so Pilate says, let me go talk to myself. And so there, in that conversation with just Pilate and Jesus, the last thing Pilate says before he heads back outside is he asks the question, what is, what is truth? And I've always wondered, what was the tone of his voice? Was it the excited, what is truth, like Jesus is going to share it with him? Was it, was it the, the sigh that says, ah, oh, what is what is truth? Was it the cynical sneer? What is truth? Uh, because that question, that, that what is truth, that, that's a question that we still wrestle with, with today. You see, Pilate, as a man of his times, I'm guessing that he had read some of the Roman and Greek philosophers. He was an upper-class Roman. Uh, that was part of why he got this job as, as, as being the governor in, in Judea. And if you'd go back and read, what did Greek philosophers say about the truth, I think you'd find that some of the same questions they wrestled with back then are the same kinds of things that we wrestle with today. When people give a label to our age, the label that's been put on it is they say that we are becoming more and more postmodern. Have you heard that phrase before, that we're postmodern? Modernism that came before us was the idea that if we just research things enough, we can find out the truth. We can figure out what, what, what actually is, is that, but, but the world wars and everything in the 20th century made a lot of people say, I don't know if you can say what the truth is. So if Pilate says, what is truth? I suppose you could say, well, Pilate, I could put the dictionary definition on the screen. Uh, most definitions of truth will have something like this connected to them, that the truth is when something corresponds to reality. If what you say fits with the way things really are, then that's true. If what you say is totally different than what the reality is, then that is, then that is not the truth, that is a, a lie. But as, as we've shifted from, from modernism to postmodernism, a lot of people are saying, yeah, you can put a definition like that on a screen, but how in the world do you ever figure that out in real life? There are so many different ideas, so many different opinions out there, and nothing, at least in my experience, has proved that more than the internet. There was a time when, yeah, there were a lot of books in the world, there were a lot of people who were saying this and that, but these last decades with the internet, there are millions of people with millions of ideas all over the place that you can find, find there. And if I would want to really say, I want to know everything that's on the internet, that would be just impossible. 
There are times I just feel overwhelmed with how much information's in the world, how many people saying all these different things. I don't know how much you feel that way, but there's a sense that our culture is saying there's so much information out there, everyone's disagreeing about everything. What is, what is truth? And if you start heading down that path, the next stop is what's called skepticism. Skepticism is when you say there might be such a thing as truth, but I haven't found it yet. And so I'm still searching for the thing that really describes what is, what is real. When I was back in college, so I was going to school to be a pastor, I had a summer job in a warehouse. And there was another young man about my age where he was going to school not to be a pastor. He was headed for a doctorate in philosophy at the University of Louvain in Belgium. And here we are in a warehouse in New Orleans, Minnesota all summer, working together. And as we're doing stuff, of course, we would talk theology and philosophy, which you do at your job too, right? Uh, so <laughs> here we are all summer talking about stuff. And if you try to boil down what is the difference back then, me in college about to be a pastor, him in college going to be a philosopher, one of the big differences was this. I argued that there is such a thing as truth and that you can find it. He argued that the truth is always something that we're searching for. Anybody who claims to have the truth must not really have it because you've given up the search. So for many who are in the field of philosophy, the pursuit of truth goes on over a lifetime, but nobody ever would say that they've actually found it. Uh, skepticism. But you could go a step further than that into cynicism. Cynicism says not just, I don't know the truth, it's there is no such thing as truth. There is no reality. And cynicism takes that darker twist to that. For example, there was a philosopher from France this last generation, Michel Foucault. He, his take on truth is that all truth is constructed by the people who are in power as a way of controlling the people who are underneath them. Now, does that happen sometimes in this world? Yeah, it does, but is that the reality for all truth? I would say no, but if you would follow that kind of philosophy, then you should be wary of anybody who claims to have the truth because they're probably going to try to use that truth. He would say there is no truth to manipulate you. So Pilate, talking to Jesus, says, what is truth? And that question has captivated people ever since because it's one that we have a really hard time answering. This morning we've got the word of God in front of us and I'm not here just to give you any kind of philosophy lecture. I don't think you came here for that. Uh, the word of God talks about what the truth is. And perhaps if you'd go to a book that talks about the truth, the Gospel of John would be a good place to go. Yeah, Matthew and Mark and Luke also use the word truth, but John uses it throughout his gospel account of Jesus' life in a way that you could say it was one of his themes. What we heard before is from John chapter 18. Let me go back and read for you some of the passages in the gospel of John that talk about this issue, what is, what is the truth? If we go all the way back to, to chapter 1, Here's a verse you're going to hear next month at Christmas time. John wrote this. The Word became flesh 
and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jumping ahead. Jesus says this in John chapter 8. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 16, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. John 17, 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So if you say, what is truth? Gospel of John says, is there such a thing as truth? Is that just a conception, something we as people came up with as the idea that's not real? John's gospel would say, there is such a thing as truth. But it can't come from inside of us Real truth has to come from outside of us. It has to be something that comes from God into the world. And John says that's exactly what happened in Jesus. That when Jesus wrapped himself in our human flesh and blood, truth became incarnate because the truth is Jesus Christ. You see, when the truth comes... It can't just answer a couple of the questions or most of the questions. When the thing that really is truth comes into the world, it will answer all the big questions too. Questions like, who are we as human beings? What's the purpose of us being in this world? Is there a God out there? And if so, what's our relationship like with him? What's the answer to all the evil and sin in this world? And when it comes to death, is that the end? Is there anything beyond? Should I be afraid to die? All those questions and more all need to be answered when the truth comes. And so then here's Jesus coming from God in in the flesh for us as our Savior. And he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. He says, if you hold on to my teaching, then you will know the truth, and the truth will do something for you. It will set you free. Jesus says, when I send the Holy Spirit into your hearts, he will guide you not into part of the truth, into into all of the truth, that the word of God that is his given to us is is the truth. And so with all that in mind, let's go back now to Jesus talking with Pilate. It's the day when Jesus was going to die on the cross for us. It's early in the morning, after that illegal overnight trial. Pilate, first thing out of the bed, is asked to condemn a man to death. From everything, it, it seems like Pilate had no idea this was coming, so his first thought in the morning is, I want to get to the root of the charge against this man. Does he really deserve to die? 
but he can't get an answer out of the Jewish leaders because there really is no charge that would stick. So Pilate calls Jesus aside and talks to him. I read these words before. Let me just read them again. Think about them against that question, what is the truth and everything that the Gospel of John already said? Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders, but now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. And then he goes back outside. The word that's on Pilate's mind is the word king. Because in his mind, that would be the kind of charge that would be worthy of death is if Jesus is stirring up a rebellion against the Roman government. So Pilate keeps asking about, are you a king, are you a king, are you a king? Jesus doesn't deny that. He says, my kingdom is entirely different than what you're imagining. If you think I'm here to raise an army and take over the Roman Empire, that's not why I'm here. I am a king in a way that's completely different than anything you've imagined. His kingdom is not of this world. He rules inside people's hearts to the gospel. He rules over all of creation, both now and forever in glory. Is Jesus a king? Yes. But that's not the word that Jesus wanted to focus on. So as Pilate keeps pushing the word king, Jesus keeps pushing a different word. He says, let's talk about the the truth. You could say, why did Jesus come at Christmas time? If you'd say it was to die on the cross and save the world, that'd be true. But the way Jesus phrases to Pilate, he says, the reason I was born and came to the world was to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And the more I, let me put that on the screen again. The more I look at that last thing Jesus said, everyone on the side of truth listens to me, that's, that's not just a statement of a fact, it is, but the more I read it, the more I see that Jesus there is inviting Pilate to listen to him and to know the truth. Because Pilate, too, is part of everyone. Here is Pilate one-on-one with the one whose capital T truth come into the world. And Jesus invites Pilate to listen to him to find out from him what he can get from nobody else. And that's why it's, it's so sad, this question that Pilate asks. What is truth? No matter what tone of voice he used with it, it was his way of leaving Jesus behind and getting back to the thing that he wanted to be done with, this, this trial. 
There was an American poet, Maya Angelou. I read a quote of her lately where she said this. There's nothing quite as tragic as a young cynic because it means a person has gone from knowing nothing to believing nothing. I don't know what you'd make of that. If you'd make a list of the most tragic things that you've seen in life, there are probably a bunch you could put on the list because the sinful world is full of all kinds of things that are just sad and wrong and tragic. But I don't think she's too far off. You could add this one on the list, couldn't you? One of the most tragic things in life is to see someone, especially someone young in life, who becomes a, a cynic. And not just in things of this world, but a cynic when it comes to their soul. Is there really truth about God when someone stops to believe anything because they say there is no truth? How tragic that is. You see that in Pilate. What is truth? And he turns away from the only one who actually can tell him the truth. And so today, as I look out at, at all of you, uh, where are you at with this search for, for truth? Have you found it? Are you still on this quest for it? Have you given up and said there is no such thing as truth? I know there are people who say there is no truth, and some people think that that's comforting. They think that that's freeing because if there is no truth, then I can do whatever I want in life. Nobody can tell me what to do because there is no there is no truth. But when I've read the philosophers who take that approach and, and push it to the extreme, the world they paint is really dark and bleak and lonely if there is nothing that really is, that really is true. And can you live your life then finding bits and pieces of smaller truths here and there? Is it a good thing to talk to other people? Can the internet be a blessing? Yeah. Can you find some things out from Facebook? Some, yeah. Science is a good thing too. Sometimes Christians are portrayed as saying we don't care about science. That's not true. But can science really answer the big questions in life about who we are and about God and about death and eternity? No, those are too big to find out the answer any of those places. And so if throughout your life you haven't found Jesus or you don't have the truth, how will you ever be able to answer those things? And so if you'd say to me today, Pastor, what is truth? I would say, let me show you a little bit more about Jesus and get to know him. It's not the kind of thing I can prove that Jesus is truth. I can't run a science experiment on it or anything outward in this world because his truth goes deeper. What Christians have found generation after generation is that Jesus proves himself as the truth the more you get to know him. And just like he's the perfect king in every other way, the one who always knows what's best, the one who has power, the one who cares, he's also the one who has, who has the truth. And the more you get to know him, you'll get to know the kind of things that he says that answer all those deep questions in life. And not all of them are super complex. The kids, the preschool kids, second service, are going to be singing, Jesus loves me, this I know from over there. 
Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Is that true? Jesus loves me? Each of those words, people will question, each of them makes such a difference. Is Jesus real? Is he who he says he is? Does he really love the world? And that last word, even if he loves everybody else, does he care about me, even though I'm just one human being in a world of billions? Is it true that Jesus loves me? That The Bible's answer is, yes, he does. That Jesus is exactly who he says he is, that he's God himself coming to this world, taking on our human flesh and blood to be our savior. Does he love you? So much that he would be crucified on the cross to take away your sins, my sins, the sins of the whole world. So much that he has a place prepared for you in heaven. Does he love you? Yeah, he doesn't just love everybody else. He loves, loves you personally. He wants you with him forever. Do you have to be afraid to die? No, because Jesus has conquered death. He gives us life forever in heaven. And so today, if you'd ask the question of Pilate, what is truth? Is there such a thing as truth? The answer is yes. There is truth. You'll find it in Jesus. Amen. Let's now all rise as we confess our faith in him.